Welcome to Share a Story Podcast, where your host, Doreen and Darian. Today on the show, we have a guest storyteller, uh, Rachel Hedman. Uh, Rachel has been telling stories for, uh, I forget what you said, was it like 26 years? 26 years. Wow. wow. <laughs> what, uh, what got you into storytelling? Well, of course, that is a story. Okay. And back in high school, there was forensics, the public speaking contest. And one of the categories was storytelling. And my friend said, oh, you're so animated. You should do something. So I signed up to tell a story to the coach. And after I told the story, I knew it was awful. I had forgotten the ending. I'd mixed up voices. I had <laughs> stumbled all over the place. So I made this long list of things that needed to be fixed. And I waited for the coach to tell me these things. But all she said was, make sure you sign up for more practices. <laughs> so on the ride back home on the bus, I debated if I even wanted to continue with this. But then I told myself that I wanted to prove that I was a great storyteller. And I practiced on my own. And when it came my senior year in high school, I ended up getting fifth in state for storytelling. Wow. So now, nowadays, my coach and I can laugh about how bad I was at that very first time and what became of it later. That's, 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 a, an awesome that's a really story. cool story. That yes. Now I'm 40 years old and more than half my life has been with storytelling. So 26 years out of 40 years. That's awesome. Um, that's kind of similar to, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't point to one event that got me into storytelling, but um, in college I took this class on public speaking and it was the most terrifying, hardest class of my life. But that has had one of the biggest impacts on my life. And I love public speaking and storytelling. It You know, it's just public speaking is storytelling, basically. So, yeah, it was just this kind of trial by fire thing for me where I just had to practice and it was hard and terrifying. And by the end, I was like, oh, I like this, you know, <laughs> so and and now i'm pretty good at engaging an audience i think yeah so. you are you get up there and it's like you're you you're a butterfly coming out of your cocoon <laughs> yeah so cool so um and today you're going to be telling a um a folk story right no, Call, yeah. um and it's called uh peter and the water sprite but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit um because you have a cool event coming up uh, so actually, before we get to that, we should probably talk about your organization in general that you you started, the, the nonprofit organization. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Uh, yes, Story Crossroads. And that didn't actually have a name for a long time, but it was a dream for 15 years. Hmm. And I actually met with a lot of storytellers and people of the art of these grand ideas. I wanted someday that there would be an Olympic level of storytelling that would celebrate each of the six major continents. And someday, each day for six days would celebrate those continents and we would have state of the arts for each one of those continents and we would have performances specifically from those areas and we would broadcast. And I always pictured the live and the broadcasting. Of course, this year's a little interesting where we had to transform 
a live storytelling festival into a virtual festival. And we're not to the six day event yet. We know that that's something in the future, but we're getting there. This is our fifth year celebrating Story Crossroads. And for this year of virtual, it's called Story Crossroads Spectacular to represent that it's different because it's virtual, but yet it will still be spectacular. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I like it. I, I didn't know that. So so you really do want to have one day for every continent in the world. Right. It's, except for Antarctica. That's a little tricky to find. Yeah. They don't have a story. tradition of storytelling down there so much. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> can we know which uh, continent you are doing this this time around? So today I'll be telling a story from Europe, specifically with Scandinavia. Oh, fun. But I meant like for the event coming up. Is it a, oh, it's for not this? six days? Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, for uh, Spectacular, we actually are having storytellers perform Celtic stories and songs, which will oh. be a lot of fun. Okay. And we also have a family, the Gashler family, performing tall tales. And we have the youngest storyteller who is four years old and he is good. Oh, Just wow. as good as his parents so that makes I'm me really so curious yes now you're <laughs> gonna have to go that's why it's called the gastro family storytelling show and uh, so we don't delve into as many countries this year because we had to scale back a little bit uh-huh. usually we have three pavilions at one time mm. and we have 15 professional story artists and 40 community tellers wow so that so then we had to suddenly condense it down to one at a time yeah and uh, but we're still going to celebrate different cultures just not as many as i usually would love to (laughs) sure sure um do you um so did you have to tell a lot of people sorry i can't have you this year we just don't have the room we don't have room on the schedule for you well before we made major decisions i had already sent emails out to the selected storytellers and uh, one of them was a hungarian storyteller nice okay and another storyteller from alabama and especially with borders closed or even with alabama it's still really tricky about flying and and all of the the travel i said well here we're brainstorming what we can do we might be able to send one storyteller into a school instead of having several schools come to our location or maybe we can do it from the computer and so in the end we're pretty much doing it from the computer but much much better than that we actually will have a few cameramen so we can have the different angles so that we can have the great sound and we still are making it possible to have american sign language so we're doing our best to have it be festival level to the best of our ability and we've had to crash course in so many things to make this happen but it's happening for the test run we are multi-streaming with twitch youtube and facebook and that way we can reach as many people as we can we already have several schools who want to attend virtually so they still could have field trips and they share the link with their students and they can interact with our storytellers. I'm really impressed because it's not that easy to move everything that way so suddenly, right? 
like you were planning a live event that takes a lot of time that takes a lot of effort and energy and things are getting to the point where you're like okay we're almost there and then suddenly the world has changed on you and you have to turn to make everything virtual and change the stories you are going to tell the storytellers and that's that I'm impressed that you were able to get it all done in this amount of time. The art of storytelling already lends itself to being adaptable. Mm -hmm. That is what the art has done for centuries. Mm -hmm. So I think it was even in our mindset as these performers that you have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Even in the moment, you may look out at the audience and decide to change your story, like something else calls to you and that's what you respond to. Or you tell a story, but you, you're now telling it a little bit different than when you told it maybe the other day. This is not that different when you're transforming an event that you have to be adaptable and you can still move forward and, and make amazing risks that turn out to be wonderful. So that's what we're planning on. We're planning on having this crazy time that will simply be spectacular. So that word was chosen because a, a lot of times right now there's all this negativity or um, depression and all of these things happening, but there's a lot of good happening right now too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even in the hardest of times, things can be spectacular. So mm -hmm. that. That is a message, even in the name itself of the event, Story Cross was spectacular. We want people to know it can still be wonderful. Yeah. I like that. And I love that because storytelling is powerful enough to change mindset and to change heart from something focused on negativity to something focused on positive po positivity and wonderful things. Like there's wonderful things happening. Don't just focus on all the negative things. There's so much good. And yes. that's the power of storytelling is to be able to convey that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that we really wanted to do with this podcast was know, provide people with a sense of connection, even if they can't connect right now. I mean, we, we, we didn't plan this podcast because of the coronavirus yeah. pandemic, yeah. but um, we realized, hey, you know what? This is something that is kind of important to do, especially right now to help people connect and we think stories are a great way to do that um yeah and we may look back at this time and realize that this was the most creative time mm -hmm. of all humanity mm -hmm. yeah. we're, we're always going to be stretched no matter what time period that we are born into but truly this is such a change from what most of us are used to mm -hmm. we are forced to be creative mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people will suddenly have appreciation for the arts that they didn't have it already. And those who already love the arts will honor it even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I actually, I was, I was saying this to Lorene, I think it was earlier today, just talking about, you know, I bet, I bet five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to see new businesses, new technologies that all started right now during this pandemic for the people who are taking advantage of this unique situation, I, I really think it's going to change things up and it's going to, I don't know, I, I guess the best case scenario is that it's really going to, like you said, just spur our, our creativity and kind of create, a, I guess, a foundation for 
you know, for change for the next 10, 15, maybe even a hundred years, you know, I really do think that this is the time to make stuff happen if you can't, if you're in the position to do it. So, right. Yeah. And we should do that. Think about even stories. The strongest stories usually follow the pattern of the hero's journey mm-hmm. that is famous because of Joseph Campbell. And part of the hero's journey is there has to be a call to adventure. Uh-huh. And right now, this time is our call to adventure. But in order for that to happen, you also have to have the belly of the whale. And he mm-hmm. did actually use that from the Bible, belly of the whale where it is your greatest despair. But do you stay there? No, that's actually just the beginning of the story. Now you can actually have the adventure. Now, from call to adventure to greatest despair, belly of the whale, now you can have great things. You can bring back some boon for society. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I I listened to, to... So, so Joseph Campbell's book, it's called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And I, I listened to it probably three or four months ago for the first time. But the funny thing is, like, I've already kind of been immersed in storytelling that there wasn't a lot there that was really new to me. I, I had kind of learned a lot about this pattern anyways. And, and it really is just a powerful thing. This, I don't know, it's almost an allegory for life. You know, I, I, I think he makes that argument that it's an allegory for life that we we all pass through trial you know and through trial we we can yeah find that boon and bring it back and and we can kind of master both the world we came from and you know that that belly of the beast world and and we come back and we have something to share something that can heal so yeah i like that and some people think the hero's journey is a circle that eventually the hero circles back but that is not true it actually there's a new normal there is a new normal and that's exactly what's going to happen for us too there'll be a new normal Mm -hmm. and we can actually rise above and be better for it Mm -hmm. okay yeah circling back is almost like uh going backwards really right it's not helpful and the new normal ends up bringing so much more out of you so if people want to find out more about the story crossroads spectacular they can go to storycrossroads.org is that right that's correct and specifically to spectacular it would be storycrossroads.org slash spectacular okay nice (laughs) easy (laughs) and that (laughs) we try to make it easy (laughs) and that's coming up on hopefully i remember right it's may 13th yes it's on may 13th okay and it starts at 9 a.m mountain daylight time okay so uh for those of you listening request that off from work now so that you can (laughs) attend that's what we were planning on doing (laughs) yeah (laughs) i and if for some reason you can't get off of work luckily there's things in the morning there's things in the afternoon there's things in the evening so we have a couple virtual performances live streamed Mm -hmm. we have a premiere of pre-recorded stories of our youth tellers, ones that oh. would have performed live, but they were selected. They are wonderful from their school districts and, and other feed-in festivals. So we will premiere those that were selected as these are amazing youth. And then we will have uh, a couple virtual workshops, one of them being from our Hungarian storyteller, 
Chengi Zalka, and a workshop also from our storyteller from Alabama, Bruce Walker. So it's it's a full day. We have plenty of things. Wow, I bet you're super busy. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to just ask one more question about that event. So if people can't attend or they can't attend all the events that they want to, is there going to be a place for replays that they could yeah. go to later to see some of that? The beauty of multi-streaming is that once it's done, it hangs out in those platforms. So they'll still be available through Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. The workshops, though, are exclusive and those are ticketed. So that's through Zoom and that's in that moment. Okay, so okay. That, that's your one chance is to, to get that. But the morning and the evening, you do have that live stream. So if you miss it or if you miss the beginning, it will eventually, after it's all done, be there on those platforms and available to watch. Okay. So, uh, Rachel, will you tell us a story? Please, may I tell you a story? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> now, I, I know so many stories. I have to say this. I have what's called story storage. And I have, through 26 years, bins and bins of folders that have my notes of these stories I've collected. And when I'm suddenly asked to tell a story, I can go blank, not because I don't have any stories. It's because I'm so excited about them all. What one uh -huh. do I choose? <laughs> it's like, do you choose a favorite child? No, I'm like, now, right now, I'm choosing a favorite story. But this is a story that suddenly came to my mind today because of our situation here. There was a boy named Peter and he sat near his father. He had been sitting by his father for a long time, knowing that any day his father would pass away. And then his father looked up, looked into Peter's eyes and said, I don't have much to leave you. But this I have, I have a rope, I have my hat, and perhaps with a rope and with my hat, you will still find your fortune. And with those words, his father passed away. And Peter took that hat and he placed it on his head and he took that rope and he didn't know what he was going to do. After much time and taking care of his father's burial, it was time for him to eat. He hadn't eaten for so long. That rope was possibly a way for him to get some food. He tied a loop on one end. And as he walked out, he found a spot in the woods where he could place that loop beneath. He hid it with some leaves. And then he took that long piece of the rope and hid himself behind a bush. And he waited and he waited and he waited until he felt something jerking on the rope. And he pulled and he pulled and he pulled until that loop tightened. And he had caught a squirrel. So he grabbed that squirrel and he looked around of where he could even put this this squirrel, and he remembered that 
that there was something else. There was a basket. His father had forgotten. It was out there outside the home. He took that basket and he placed the squirrel inside the basket and he sat on top of it to make sure it wouldn't escape. But then when Peter was successful with this squirrel, he knew that he had to try again. And so he took that rope with the loop at one end and he placed it on the ground and he covered it with leaves. And then with the long piece of the rope, he hid behind the bush and he waited and he waited and he waited. And then the rope shook and he pulled and he pulled and he pulled, and he pulled so tight and he found that he had caught a rabbit. And he took that rabbit and he put it there in the basket with the squirrel. Well, by this time, Peter was starting to, to feel excited again. He hadn't felt that way ever since his father had passed on, that perhaps he truly could survive, but he needed something bigger, not just a squirrel, not just a rabbit. He thought about the bear that lived in the cave, but a loop was not going to be enough. He had to take that rope and he had to, to turn it into a net of some kind. He went to his favorite pond and he threw off his shoes and he's splashing the water as he wove with that rope. But all of his splashings awoke a water sprite. Now, if you think that this water sprite is some little rinky dink fairy that flitters about, you are wrong because a water sprite in Scandinavia is as large as a human. And this water sprite came forth out of the water. He was covered in scales. He had a beak and his eyes glared and he looked at that boy. Who disturbs me? Well, Peter was afraid, but he didn't want to show it. So he continued weaving with that rope until once again that water sprite yelled, Who disturbs me? And finally, Peter looked up. Oh, hello. I I'm just weaving here. I'm weaving this magical net and it happens that I'm going to be capturing your kind. So if you will not disturb me, I'm going to continue with this net. What? You're going to capture my kind? That cannot be. I do not believe you have such power. You need to prove yourself to me. Um, let's see, we should have a race. We shall, shall have a race up and down that tree. How fast are you at climbing? But Peter continued to weave with that rope. I could race you, that's true, up and down that tree, but... I'm so busy making this magic net. Perhaps you would like to race my brother. Your brother? Oh, fine, I'll race your brother. So Peter opened up that basket and that squirrel jumped out and it looked for the nearest tree and it ran up the tree and it ran down the tree and then poof, it was gone before the water sprite could even put one foot out of that pond. Whoa! That was your brother? Your brother is fast. 
Maybe you do have certain powers, but but just to be sure, I, there's another race. Just, what about a traditional race, a, a foot race from here all the way to to the the edge over there? What about that? As I've already told you, I, I'm busy. I'm making this net to capture your kind, and I do have a cousin. You could race my cousin. Fine, fine. I'll, I'll race this cousin. And so Peter opened up that basket and the rabbit jumped out and it rushed over to that edge and ran back and it was gone. And the water sprite did not put out one foot. Ah, that is fast. Maybe, maybe you really do have certain powers, but, but still, still, I, I feel like right now I'm so angry. I want to wrestle. We should wrestle. How about we wrestle? <laughs> As I've already told you, I am busy making this net, but I do have my grandfather. He lives out in a cave. You can wrestle him. So the water sprite finally stepped his feet out of that pond and headed towards that cave. And that cave was so dark that the water sprite felt around and he could feel what must have been the grandfather's beard, and he started to wrestle, and there was great noise and clamor coming from that cave. Until the water sprite dragged himself out all the way to Peter. I don't know what your grandfather eats, but he wrestles like a bear. <laughs> I think your whole family is powerful. I believe you now. How can I convince you not, not to capture my kind? And Peter thought about this. And he pointed to his hat. I know you have lots of treasure at the bottom of the pond. How about you fill my hat to the top and then... I will not capture your kind. So the water sprite dove deep into the bottom of that pond while Peter was busy digging a hole. Then he took his hat and he punched a hole in it and placed it over the hole. So when the water sprite came out with armfuls of treasure and had them fall into that hole, it didn't reach the top of that hat. So the water sprite went back down into the pond with more treasure, but still not to the top, and more treasure, and still not to the top, and more treasure, and still not to the top, and more treasure, and still not to the top, until finally it was the last bit of treasure, and it made it to the top. Now do you promise you'll leave my kind alone? I promise. And so the water sprite dove deep into the pond, much relieved. But Peter looked at what he had. He had all of that treasure. His father had promised him that he could make his fortune with a rope and with a hat. It was true. <laughs>
Oh, Yay. that is a good story. And I love your face as you animate it. Yeah. The, our, everything. Our listener probably won't be able to see your Sorry, face. Sorry, dear but. listener. But her voice oh, and the story. I can see my face through my my tone and my expression. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they will definitely get the story and, just by your tone you're wow like that's amazing the way you are able to change your voice for each character but be consistent about it because i find that when i tell my children's story sometimes i forget which character had what voice it, it could be a character that has multiple personalities and that's what you tell them <laughs> i'll remember I really, there's always an answer there's always a story i but really, I, I love that story especially yeah. nowadays because we have to make do with what we have. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter had to make do with with a rope and a hat, and somehow be able to feed himself, be able to survive. And that's what we're all doing. We're trying to figure out what to do with a, a mask and a disinfectant. I don't know, yeah. but we have to move forward and and still make the best of it. And we may, in the end, find that we have just as much treasure and things that we have gained from the experience as Peter. After the break, Rachel tells about how this story affected her as a mother. This episode is sponsored by Audible. I love Audible and we've had it for years. It's one of the things that have made a difference in how many books I've read. Actually, it helps me so that chores I have to do around the house go by way, way faster. So you can listen to it in the car or while you're doing chores or anything that does not require your full attention. You just go to audibletrial.com slash share a story and you get one month free membership, which includes one audiobook and a few originals. You won't regret it. I love it so much. And one of the books I've read recently from Audible was The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. And the book talks about how to get the things you want to get done or how to become the person you want to become. And it just gives you some tips and it talks about how being motivated to do these things is not enough. Otherwise, all of us would do all the things we want to do. So I highly recommend checking that out. But if you go to audibletrial.com slash share a story, you can get that or any book of your choosing. They have a great selection. Now back to the episode. I'm curious, do you know around what time period they told that story? What was going on? Maybe that they needed something like that to. Oh, I, I wish I would know the, the time frame is they don't really timestamp those folk tales. Too yeah. much. No. All I can say is definitely hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah. Though I don't think it's in the thousands and thousands. I think it's more hundreds and hundreds versus thousands and thousands. Yeah. That and when you heard that story, what was the part of it that caught you the most i'm curious that made you think i really like the story and i'm gonna keep it so that i can retell it well it's funny you you can love it just because it's fun mm -hmm. and then it lingers and you love it for other reasons mm. uh, even the very first story that i told uh, was one that i connected to the young hero but later on, I connected to the father because by then my life experience had changed. Now I'm a mom and I connect more with the parent than with the youth. That, so that makes so I much sense. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. This, and so when I first learned the Scandinavian story, I was more the youth, more 
the age of Peter. But now I think about it of, of a father trying to make sure that everything's going to be all right and, and just being saddened that he won't be around for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about with my own kids that hopefully I've done my best to teach them that if suddenly I'm gone, not, not necessarily through death, <laughs> but if I am suddenly not there, if I'm not in the room, if I'm not in the home with them because they're out on their own, have I done enough? I think one of the things I kept thinking or I thought of as I read your story or as I heard your story (laughs) is that the best gift that father left his son was teaching his son to think outside the box or or to take what he has and do more with it. Because seriously, it's not that a kid could just be like, well, I'm just suddenly going to develop all these skills and these ideas and (laughs) this personality. No, the father loved that kid. And maybe he might've thought the kid this unconsciously because you know how kids pick up more on what we say and do than what we tell them to do. Does that make sense? Did I make sense? Just now? I understood. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they pick up more on your own personality and the way you do stuff than they do when you just saying hey you should do this and that and so this father must have been an incredible ingenious person for the child to learn something like that and because of that he was able to use these normal things to make something more of himself and it just as a parent it reminds me that it's not because sometimes as parents, I think we think about building wealth so that we have something to live our, leave our kids with or help them pay for college and all these things. And those are good things. But the best possible thing we could do for our children is helping them understand. What am I trying to say? Helping them understand Maybe it's important to, even if you don't have a very good starting place, to just act, to just, like, you know what? I have a rope and a hat. I'm going to use the rope and I'm going to go see what I can catch. Hey, I caught a squirrel. You know what? Like, that's, you, you can't live off of a squirrel. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like, he didn't just despair when all he caught was a squirrel. He he kept going and he caught a rabbit and that gave him confidence. You're like, you know what? I, I think I could do a bear. I'm going to need something else, but I think I know how to, you know, I think I, I think I can make a net, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't just sit around and, you know, he, he didn't sit around by his father's dead body and be like, oh, woe is me. You know, he yeah. went out and he acted, you know. Yeah. And I, I think know, it that... goes back to what she was saying um, about creativity is that if you can teach your children to persevere, to be creative and use their imagination, but also just try things, whether you fail or not, try. Because sometimes we're so afraid of failing, right? We're so afraid of not doing what we think we need to do. I mean, during this time period, you are not doing what you think, well, at least in your head, what you think you should be doing. Your every day is completely different. But this is the moment where you can say like, hey, 
I'm going to try something different today and see how that goes, how it works for me, how it works for someone else, how it works for my family. And if it doesn't work, I'm, I'll try something different tomorrow. Yeah. And there's playing it safe and there's taking risks mm -hmm. and there's a time for both of those. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, he never did pursue that bear. Mm -hmm. He did work on it. He took a mm -hmm. risk. He wanted to move forward. He was trying to uh, do what he thought might be the best thing in the moment. And as far as I can tell with the story, at least that's where it ends, uh, he realized that was the smarter move, was to focus on that and not worry about the bear anymore. So mm -hmm. sometimes we move forward and it's going to take us maybe in a dangerous situation, but on that path, something else comes about. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't have if we didn't at least take that first risk. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Can, can I ask you a personal question? Well, please. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious, like, like, can you share a time in your life when that's exactly something you did? You move forward with a risky thing that you weren't sure was going to pan out or you were scared was not going to work, but you did it anyways and it worked really well for you? Well, I mean, I took a risk just to even continue with the art of storytelling, definitely. Mm. Uh, but even starting Story Crossroads, that that was a huge risk. Mm. I mean, I'm not I'm not in um, that old of a person. You know, I don't have a ton of life experience. Decent. You know, I tried to use what I I've learned mm -hmm. and yet still willing to jump out there. You know, most most people are, are not going to sit down and say, hmm, let me let me create a festival that, you know, Salt Lake County level and, and maybe it'll even reach the world at some point. I mean, just <laughs> those ideas are already pretty dangerous. But does that stop me? No, it actually excites me. I think we all need to have something that is so huge that even if we don't make it, at least we did fly up in the sky a little bit. We don't have to reach the stars, but we could jump out and still enjoy the sky. Mm. I love that. I, I, uh, so previously on this podcast, I talked about um, this kind of subplot of the Field of Dreams, where there's this character. Oh. Have, uh, have you seen the Field of Dreams? Of course, okay. right? Yeah, I was like, great. she's a storyteller. <laughs> so she's seen story. that. Um, and, uh, th actually this is the episode that's airing right before your, but right before this episode. So, um, but it's this character who he wanted to play professional baseball. He only ended up playing in like one inning of one game and he never, he never even like hit the ball. Um, and then later on he like, like that was it. He, after that he quit and then he pursued a different career and he, um, he actually became a doctor. Um, so I don't know if you remember that character. His name was uh, Archibald Graham or Moonlight Graham, but Doc, Doc Graham. Yeah. And um, I don't know, that story really touched me. I, I think kind of in that same way that you were just talking about, like he shot for something. He didn't, he didn't, in his mind, he didn't achieve what he wanted to with it. Um and so in that sense, it was a failure, but that was just a small part of his overall story. And uh, in the context of this greater story, our failures or those things we don't achieve, um, 
they kind of end up having their place and they end up fitting in the puzzle and making a beautiful picture. So, I mean, at least that's our hope, right? I think that that's what, I don't know, that's what stories teach me anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, I want to say one more thing. So, that story, it also kind of reminds me of the like the American slave story of like Briar Rabbit and Briar Bear where uh you you know where it's this this briar rabbit and this bear's gonna i don't, I don't remember but like the bear was gonna eat him or kill him or something Usually bear and fox were in it together okay okay i don't and, know if i know this story i might have to go back and yeah <laughs> listen uh, to it. and it's but. been it's been forever since i've heard it but briar rabbit usually, usually briar bear and briar fox oh, okay okay that, but uh, so it wasn't a rabbit. It was a no, it was the fox and the bear against the rabbit. Right. Yes. OK. So the rabbit had found himself captured and in a tight spot um, and he had to use his brain and his trickery to get out of it. You know, and, and so it's the story where Briar Rabbit, he grew up in the briar patch. So he was fine. You know, the briar didn't hurt him at all. But when when he was talking to the bear and the bear was going to be all mean to him, he had to be like, oh, no, Briar Bear, don't throw me in that Briar Patch. That would just be the worst thing ever. And just uses this reverse psychology thing to trick a much more powerful, uh, you know, opponent and, and, and ends up using that opponent's strength to, you know, against the opponent and to his own advantage. And I think this peter character did the same thing you know he wasn't he couldn't climb trees as fast he couldn't run as fast he couldn't wrestle as much but he could trick this character you know he could he could use use his his brain brain. to to get what he wanted through you know making a much more powerful opponent do what he wanted through trickery and so kind of reminds me of that i bet there's lots of other stories all over the world that probably have similar themes Oh, tons of <laughs> every culture has at least one trickster, if not more. Oh, yeah. so true. The coyote it's and fired <laughs> coyote. Loki. You get a lot of, yes, Loki. Yes, you have Anansi. That's the, uh-huh. that's the first ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> that's true. Uh, you have Raven. Uh-huh. I mean, there's so many, there's there's Deer Mouse, and that's much more with India or or you know, Bangladesh, more that area. So oh, yes, okay. every has a trickster i think it's because we all need you know we can't all be geniuses supposedly right like when we think of the person who's gonna do the best thing in the world sometimes we imagine this person who has it all made or who's like a genius in one area or another and i think that just reminds us that hard work or the ability to think outside the box i know i said that already gets it like overcomes it all you know you can be a genius and not do anything with it and not go anywhere but if you persevere and like with your storytelling right you said that you did you didn't think you did great the first time oh i know i didn't do great. <laughs> okay <laughs> you you didn't do good the first time i think it i you know it, it was the truth <laughs> yeah and you could have given up and you could have been like i don't have a talent for this Right. Sometimes we say that, oh, I don't have a talent for music. I don't have a talent for sport. I don't have a talent, blah, blah, blah. But 
if you want something, you can always get it. If you, well, you don't like when I say that, if you just work hard at it. He's like, no, you can't always get it. If you want to become a deer, you cannot become a deer. <laughs> but, but like, if you, if you have a goal, you can always reach it. And you can't, you don't have to be like, I wasn't born with the ability to do this naturally. So I better not try. So. We, we all have things that we have to face and, and some people will go forth and do their best and others will just give up, which is too bad. I think that's why you have all these trickster tales to remind us in every culture that you can be that trickster and not to be using deception for, it, it seems kind of negative in some ways when you think tricksters but more on the side of creativity mm-hmm. that you can be that creative person if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. It's a very hopeful message yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You can, you know, if you can see the world a little bit differently than the hundreds of people that came before you, then maybe you can achieve something nobody else could, even though you have the same raw materials, the same tools, but maybe you think of a better way on how to use them and, and you go from there. So, um, can I ask you, um, kind of a back to talking about you? Um, what, um, well, okay. How do you understand others better through folktales? Like how do you connect with people through folktales? Well, the beautiful thing about folktales is it actually is based at some point on truth. I like to say that all stories are true. Some stories are more true than others. So even <laughs> the tall tales, even the tall tales like Paul Bunyan and, and Pecos Bill and all the crazy stories there, it actually did connect to truth because with tall tales, they happened usually during the 1820s, uh, 1860s area. Okay. And it connected to people being in awe of with with America, with these amazing mountains, with the plains that stretched out forever. And the tall tales came from that awe, which would be a truth of that. Uh, there's also lessons that are always taught. So that would also be truth. Folk tales, which is another kind. So you have tall tales and then you have folk tales. Folk tales, of course, are stories of the folk. And when you have a story like uh, Hansel and Gretel, there truly were uh, kids. There were children who were left in the woods because people were suffering. They couldn't take care of their family. And that is what they did. And that's a true thing. And Mm -hmm. so then that story grew out of that. Through time, the names a lot of times have been taken away from those stories but we can fit in our own names and realize that it doesn't matter what time period, there are certain things that we will all face. There are certain fears we will all face. There are certain challenges we will all face. And there are certain joys that we will all celebrate. I like that. Do you, do you think, uh, let's see, how do I say this? Um, okay. So I, I feel like stories happen all the time. They're just part of being human, right? So wherever there's humans, there's stories. So, um, 
do you think that there is a modern equivalent to folk tales? You know, like we're, we don't live in the 1860s or even the 1960s. You know, we're here in the first half of the 21st century. What kind of things do we have today? Like what what are our modern version, like modern equivalent to folk tales and tall tales? The funny thing is, folk tales still exist now. It's just that usually in our minds, we think about it hundreds of years ago or centuries of years ago, because we are still folk. We're still human. Sure. So that means we still have these stories. What's tricky is that maybe they don't feel like they're as, uh, you might say, colorful as they used to be. When you have uh, these different animal characters, maybe we're not seeing as many of those animal characters. But think about what may be coming out of COVID-19, where that could be become a monster in of itself within a story. And it will be developed. So we are in the middle of that. It's just we won't recognize those stories until I think a few decades at least have gone by. Then we see that. Also... Okay. You have to think about urban legends. Urban oh, legends. Okay. Also, they are different than folk tales, and yet they link because they connect to the folk and what they're sharing about different things. And there's always going to be those ghost stories or those creepy stories that people talk about. Mm -hmm. And in the folk tales, they may have a monster, but in urban legends, you're maybe you're focusing much more on on ghosts and spirits. But not that different if you think about it. So urban legends, uh, I think I took a folktales class in college. It was the most confusing thing because I kept like you had to choose a folktale. And I thought I chose a folktale and they'd be like, oh, no, that's not a folktale. That's an urban legend or that's a blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? What's the difference? <laughs> but like urban legends are based on more you can because i'm so confused about this more morality right they tell you a story to to help you know you need to be honest or you need to be virtuous or you need to be well that well that one tends to be more your fables okay your fables or your allegories usually are very much focusing on lessons though i believe that you can learn from any story yes yes any story. I mean, you might learn, okay, don't go there when it's dark. I mean, that is still a lesson, mm -hmm. but it may not be the same kind of lesson like, um, you know, the the pride cometh before the fall, you know, I don't know, you know things like that, mm -hmm. where you have your, your Aesop's fables, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, but your folk tales, again, they go back, you know, to the folks, urban legends, those are ones that you think of more localized stories. Uh, for example, in Utah, urban legends can be about the three Nephites. Mm -hmm. so there could oh. be urban <laughs> legends of Gadianton robbers. And I know in Kaysville, Utah, there's definitely some Gadianton robber spirit stories that... Oh. I, I hadn't heard that before. Oh, that, see, but... there's so many stories you need to know. Yeah. I mean, just if you, you go to any cemetery, most likely there's at least one or two characters that people have talked about with urban legends. Another urban legend would be like the hitchhiker, where there is someone on a date and they decide to drop that person off at their home, but they get cold and that person gives their sweater, but the next day 
they forgot about their sweater. They want to go pick it up and find out that their date really was a ghost. I mean, that's a story that goes all over the place, and that falls under urban legends. Uh, when I was a kid, the you know the the scariest book, just the the cover of this book alone gave me nightmares. But it was called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh yes, and they had <laughs> all kinds of creepy pictures in them. I avoided that. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically full of urban legends. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what that reminds me of. And it was like, I don't know, what's what's the one where like there's some, th- this might not even be from that book. I think it is, but it was like about this girl named Jenny that had a ribbon around her neck. And then this guy mm-hmm. fell in love with her and married her and lived like 50 years with her. And she was always like, don't take the ribbon off of my neck. And then like they got old and finally she was about to die. And she's like, okay, you can take the ribbon off now. And then he takes the ribbon off and her head falls off. Right. <laughs> and like, that was terrifying when I was younger, but now I'm like, what? <laughs> it's so, I don't know. I find it humorous now because it's like, wow, like 50 years. And like, that's the first time that like, happened I don't, I don't know like it didn't like fall off by accident or come i don't know whatever but <laughs> are you are you gonna sorry that just no, made me think fine. about the fact are you gonna be telling a story doing a- oh no when when i run the the festival or or the event with story crossroads i wear the hat of organizer uh-huh i perform for other things but not with story crossroads and i find that is best that uh, makes keep, sense. keeps me sane of course <laughs> uh, and i just i just think that is the best thing to do i'm i'm here to celebrate stories mm-hmm. i don't have to always be the one spotlighted this is my chance to give a gift to the community that hopefully they will welcome with open arms i think that's really telling of how much you love stories mm-hmm. that like you, you don't just love telling stories or hearing stories, but like you love stories enough to put all this work into them to be kind of behind the scenes. Um, it's not about you. Um, it's about the story. Other people. It's about the people that hopefully will get something out of mm. out of this uh, story. Crossroads spectacular. Mm. So, I it's it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, Rachel, Rachel, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely. love listening to them. <laughs> um, thanks again for for joining us today on the Share a Story podcast. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about your event one more time. Uh, so it's the Story Crossroads Spectacular coming up on May thirteenth. What day of the week is that? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, so that's a Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> Some of those events um, you can just attend. Some of them you need to buy a ticket for. Um, so to get tickets, they just go to storycrossroads.org slash spectacular. That's right. Okay. Anything else you wanted to say about it before before we finish for the, for the day? I love that even though it's virtual, we will still have question and answers at the end of the performances. And you can actually interact with some traditional characters like Baba Yaga, the witch. Oh, and she's scary. Her elf. So you okay. can find out what it's like to be them and, okay. and have your chance to interact. You don't have to just watch it on a screen. You can actually 
get your answers if you dare to question. Oh, so so people will be able to um, ask Baba Yaga questions. Yes. I don't know if I want to hear the answers. <laughs> she already freaks me out. <laughs> right, right. Some people know Baba Yaga, some don't at all. So yeah. Yeah. those who are just meeting Baba Yaga for the first time, hold on to your seat. It'll be great. <laughs> it's true. She is a great character. Is that um, is she going to bring her chicken house or? Well, I guess you can. I guess you can when it's virtual. You can just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's well, just got I mean, Wi-Fi installed. With, so with, with her house having chicken legs, I'm sure it can uh, move about if it had to. <laughs> it's yeah. good. I hope she's practicing social distancing. So. <laughs> right, right. Or, or plenty of people are doing social distancing from her. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. She doesn't have to do <laughs> she's, anything. She's probably the one who's uh, breaking the rules all the time. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> there should be a show called "How to Do Social Distancing the Villain Style." <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe just. The coronavirus is our modern Baba Yaga, and yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> you know she's <laughs> she's right. the witch in the forest we have to run from. You know, right? So, oh yeah. my goodness! So go to the craft so store, get decades, elastics, we'll and find out what folk tales came from this time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, thanks again, Rachel. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Um, we yes. hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we're excited to see you at the spectacular. Yeah, definitely. Yes, wonderful. Okay. And as I like to say, until we tell again. Until we tell Ooh, again. Until All right. we tell again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you so much. We just want to say thank you again to Rachel for taking time out of her busy schedule right before this big event to, to take the time to share a story with us and, and our dear listener. If you enjoyed that story or if you enjoyed hearing about Rachel and her organization, make sure you go and support her. Go to storycrosswords.org slash spectacular if you want to take part with some of the festivities on this upcoming uh, Wednesday. If you would like to share a story with us, there are a few ways to do that. Uh, the first is email. Email it to stories at sharestory.fm. You can also reach out to us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash sharestoryfm or just search for the Share a Story podcast. You can also find us at Instagram, Share a Story FM, Twitter at Share a Story FM, or you can also support us on Patreon. For every single episode, what we do is we give a little post that tells a little bit more about a story or a little bit about the background of the story. So it's just a great way if you want to just find out a little bit more and connect with us in a little bit more meaningful way, you can do that through Patreon. Also on Patreon, you can sign up for our exclusive Storytellers Club. That will give you access to a private Facebook group specifically dedicated to helping one another develop and improve our stories. So if you are an author, a uh, screenwriter, playwright, anything like that where you are actively working on crafting stories, this should be a great resource for you. So just go to patreon.com slash share a story. And we hope to connect with you in one of those ways. And until next time, we will talk to you later.